All right, welcome to the A-Game Podcast on Monday, a little late in the afternoon, but we got it out. We have a great episode today with Adam Lazara, the lead singer of Taking Back Sunday. Uh, I've known him, been friends with him for about 20 years now. It's been great to get on and catch up with him. I just spent the weekend hanging out with those guys, went out to Riot Fest in Chicago where they absolutely killed it. And there were some other great performances. I watched Rancid, Riots Against, Money Money Boston's, uh, some other good bands, and then they capped it off yesterday playing a show pretty late last night on a Sunday at the Metro uh, in Chicago for uh, for a smaller group. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so cool to see those guys again in a small venue like that, just playing to like an intimate crowd that waited around to see them all day. The energy was great. The music was great. The stage presence was great. The fans loved it. The band loved it. It, it was it was really good. I can't say enough great things about it. I'm sure there's going to be clips that are posted online. If you guys follow them, obviously the show notes for Adam and for Taking Back Sunday and for Riot Fest are all tagged in uh, the show notes for this. So please follow them and make sure you guys go see them. They're hitting the road again. They're playing some other dates, some other festivals, and they are just always an amazing band to go see. Great people, great songs. And it was really cool to sit down and connect with Adam. Uh, I haven't seen him do a ton of interviews, so it was really nice of him to give us our time. And again, uh, some of my favorite people, especially Mark Connell and Sean Cooper, shout out to them and thank you for getting me in and letting me tag along for the last couple of days. And uh just hang out and uh, get to spend some time together, watch some great bands and uh, catch up with all you guys. And definitely that show at the Metro last night was absolutely amazing. And I really appreciate it. I got to hang out with my good buddy Ed Sappho and the Sappho clan. He had his, uh, his whole family down there. So it was amazing. I haven't spent enough time in the city of Chicago, but if you guys have not been to Chicago, when the weather is nice, I cannot say enough things about going down there, spending some time on the river walk, going and, and running or spending the day at the Navy Pier, going along the water, hanging out at Lake Michigan. There's beaches. There's just great restaurants. There's there's architecture tours. There's history. There's there's so many great things about the city of Chicago. Every time I go down there, I learn new things. I see new places I didn't even know existed, and I'm becoming more and more of a fan of it. So a little bit too late. Um, I wish I would have found those things earlier. I guess no such thing is too late, but it was an awesome experience. So thank you again, and thank you, Adam. And more importantly, it's going to be his birthday coming up. So this is coming out on Monday. I think his birthday is Tuesday or Wednesday. So make sure you follow him. Wish him a happy birthday. Definitely follow Taking Back Sunday. Definitely go see them while they're hitting the road and check out all things them in the show notes. If you're looking to get involved in real estate, definitely contact me, nicknicknick.com slash links. Please follow me on all social medias and please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast. There's options everywhere, including YouTube, where this will be out if you guys want to watch this. So nicknicknick.com slash links. You can connect with me and say, hey, I want to Find out how to get involved in real estate. I want to buy properties from you. I want to sell properties to you. Or I want to partner on properties. How do we do that? And we will get on and we'll have a phone call or some sort of conversation or interaction to figure out exactly where it is that you fit in and how we can work together. Whether it's your first deal, your hundredth deal, you're looking for residential, multifamily, land, whatever it is. Even if you just don't even know what you want to do and you want to figure that out, that's part of what we can do and have that conversation. Shout out to all the people I've talked to, um, Barry and a whole bunch of other people that we've been um, in touch with that have been really, really great people. I'm loving all the conversations I've been having recently. So definitely let's get you into some real estate so you can make some money, get some assets on your books and do jujitsu or play music or go travel the world or whatever it is you like to do. Let's get you into some properties and have your money making some money for you. If you want a free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. And as always, if you need money for your real estate deals, this podcast is sponsored by Nationwide Business Capital Group. So go to nicknicknick.com slash links, look under affiliates, click on that affiliates link, and you will directly email Marianne. Tell her the A-game podcast sent you over. 
Whether you're a beginner, new, experienced, advanced, you have a bunch of money, no money, good credit, bad credit, you want residential, multifamily, buy and holds, fix and flips, land developments, or you don't even know what you want, you just know you want some money for some real estate deals, contact Marianne. She will figure out exactly what she can get you. If you already have other lenders, try her out because she's got some of the best rates and terms out there. She can stay very competitive and she can get very creative with whatever types of deals or assets you guys need. So follow her, let's get you some money and then contact me and I will find you some deals. Thank you again to everybody who's been listening. If you'd like to be a guest in the podcast or you'd like to have me as a guest in your podcast, please email me podcast at nicknicknick.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting this podcast, for being so cool, um, for giving me feedback on all this. I hope you guys love this. I really enjoyed talking to Adam. Um, again, can't say enough good things about Taking Back Sunday, their music, and them as people. Thank you, Mark and Sean Cooper, for uh, eating your way through Chicago with me and uh, showing me a great time and letting me watch you guys and watch a bunch of great bands this weekend at Riot Fest. Have a great day, everybody. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is a singer, a songwriter, an artist, an engineer, a proud father, mm. a shampoo model. Huh? Huh? Oh, stop. stop. <laughs> He's done a duet with Cindy Lauper. He is an inductee for the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. He travels the country with two of my favorite people. He is one of the best front men in music today. He's a lead vocalist of Taking the Back Sunday, which has been selling out shows for over 20 years now, building a solid foundation with a loyal audience and putting on some of the best live shows you will see. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Mr. Adam Lazara. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. I'm, I'm uh, really pumped, and I'm really glad that our schedules came together and now that you said all those nice things about me i uh my head's just gonna like it's not gonna fit in the frame uh, uh, it makes me feel very nice so thank you so much for having me well you have accomplished a lot so you should feel very good about uh getting those things on there and that only is the tip of the iceberg my friend for the things that you've accomplished over the years so i appreciate you coming on um you know one of the things that i've always said about the the podcast was i, I like that it just gives me the opportunity to really just talk one-on-one -on -one with no interruptions with people that I don't get the opportunity to do that with a lot. So I was excited to get on and talk to you because I've known you for a long time, but we don't get to do this enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. No, normally when we're seeing one another, it's either like at a show or, or like there's a million different things go, going on. So we don't often get the chance to just sit down and uh, rap with one another. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. And you know, I I, uh, I want to start with the backstory because I, I always look for parallels between life and business and, and I feel like nothing happens by accident. It's a series of decisions and, and there's always actions and consequences to stuff. And I think Mark is a great example of this. It just, you know, the, the thing we've always said for years about like he marks people into doing stuff wound up being like <laughs> such a great 
thing for him to do in business because it it got him to where he is just that persistence and that tenacity and and i feel like that's a lot of the things you've done and some of the stuff that some people might think of as risky i think some of the decisions that you've made have paid off so well in hindsight obviously and i think the story people don't hear enough of is how you actually became part of the band because i actually didn't like taking back sunday at first before you were in or maybe when you're just the bassist but there was like a different singer and the, the the whole vibe was different i remember i felt terrible because I was like, Mark, I'm not really into it. And now he's like, I appreciate that you were honest about it. And then he sent me uh, a rough copy of some of the stuff that was going to be on Tell All Your Friends. And I, I called him immediately and I was like, I apologize, dude, this is awesome. I love this. And it made me so happy that two people that I love so much actually had something I could get behind. And that was like the whole new band that you guys had created. And I know the yeah. backstory of how you just kind of showed up there and it was kind of on a whim. And so go a little bit into that if you could and talk about how that kind of came together because I don't think people realize that you weren't the original singer of the band and how that all happened. Yeah, there well, like I first I first met all the guys. I was living in North Carolina, that's where I'm from. And uh um I I met them. Um they played a show, and this was like right before Mark was in the band, also. Um and they were my buddy Phil Hanready, who is in a band called Aerotype Eleven. Um, I went to this show uh, in Winston Salem, and I saw Phil there. So I'm like, Phil, um, I didn't know Aerotype was playing all this stuff, and he's like, No, I'm filling in for my buddy's band on uh, bass. So I like stayed and watched, and it was the very early iteration of Taking Back Sunday, and. Um, and then like we were kind of hanging out after the show, and Phil introduced me to everybody, and. I was just like, hey, could like I can play the bass. Could I try out for your band? And then they, um, you know, said yes. So I just kind of my friend Chris Cab and I drove up um, like a few weeks later to like try out. And uh, one of our friends, um, Caitlin, had a, she had a place in Brooklyn, so we like drove up and like stayed with her. And then, um, you know, I went out to Long to Long Island and tried out for the band. And then like Eddie, you know, had called me a couple of weeks later and uh, was was like, hey, if you want to do this, we have some shows coming up. And uh, and, I, and I just freaked out, you know, because it was like all I ever wanted to do. Like and 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 I didn't really have any other skills or 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 like, there wasn't anything that um, that that. It, that I had interest in like I had in the music so um you know I just kind of dropped everything like I uh um and which I I apologize to my dad about all the time because I was living in this house <laughs> in like I was like living in this house in Greensboro and I had like I like took a flight to um to New York and then just never went home so he had to like uh you know kind of clean up my mess there and I still feel real bad about it but yeah like so I just uh dropped everything and went which wasn't a lot I didn't have a lot going on um back then but uh so yeah and and then uh like I really had this feeling like oh my god I've arrived this is like I'm here like I'm in this band and then like I remember the first time we played at uh played in the city uh was at um well or like the first time we played like brownies which later became hi-fi and but I was just like oh my god like like finally arrived you know because for because for me like and I know it was different for you guys because you know like you grew up um around all that but for me like coming from the south you know like I was born in Alabama and then raised in North Carolina and then so like coming from there and then finally like 
um, just kind of uh, it, playing music like in it, uh, in New York in that area like I just thought like this is it this is where I belong I finally found it you know and then um, yeah so that's how I joined the band and then I just like our singer quit um, at that time and then Eddie was just kind of like well you can you're singing now and I was like okay I think I can do that and then so over the years I've just been kind of like learning how to do it <laughs> and then uh, it's like funny because when I go back and listen to like the first couple records like I'm like oh my god I'm just yelling everything all the time <laughs> like so like there wasn't much dynamic in my voice but um yeah so that's that's that story and here we are today that's kind of awesome man I think it's incredible that you never sought out to be a singer or a frontman that it just kind of happened and worked out so well but I mean it, you can't argue it, it just came together so well that's literally how does it feel to look back on something like that that happened almost accidentally and see that that's such a classic album. I, I've heard other podcasts that you've been on, you guys have been on and, and other bands that are big bands out there today that have said, if tell all your friends never came out, their band wouldn't even be around today. Like that's, oh, that, that's crazy. I have like a hard time believing stuff like that, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's an amazing there, album, there, man. There, man, it's so crazy too. You know, like when I think about it, like, uh it, there's it just it could have worked out uh in a very different way and i'm just so grateful that it did work out the way that it did like i'm just one of the luckiest guys you'll meet you know and 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 it's uh, uh so i guess like looking back on it it's like hard to like i'm like i just kind of think wow that was a that was pretty crazy that that's a thing that we did. <laughs> so I think it's it's incredible though. But you look at, at decisions like that, and that's kind of where I was going with it. Was something like that that your friends and your family, and maybe even yourself, or even on the drive, they're like, "What am I doing? This is nuts. What is this going to be?" To see it that it panned out like that, I feel like that's where those amazing stories come from. Of success is really like taking the risk. And if you hadn't done that. Who knows where you would be today? And then you always have to sit mm -hmm. there and regret and think about like, what if I would have just hopped in the car that day and like driven out to Long Island and said yes to that phone call? And, you know, you can live a whole life of wondering what would have happened. And that's why I respect the stuff that you guys are doing, because you guys have all gone after it and taken those risks and taken those chances. And when people see you now, 20 plus years later, selling out all these places and going on tour with Alkaline Trio, like it's not because of like one or two big things. It's about all those small little decisions that you made mm -hmm. 20 years to get you where it is. And that's really the story of success that I think is amazing that people, they don't, they see the highlights, especially today with social media, but they don't see, I, I know the sacrifices for months and months and months when you guys were on the road and we didn't get to see Mark and Sean or, you know, they missed parties and like, that's what it takes to be successful. And I think that's enough of what people aren't willing to do that you guys put that time and that that dedication towards for that goal. And that's why you where you are today. So, you know, it's kind of a, I don't not really a question with that, but is that something that's always been part of you to go and do that? And like, what, what did your dad say when you went to go do that? Because I know he shows up on shows and he was always very supportive of you, but yeah. the people in your life kind of telling you like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you should go get a job. This is nuts. Like, what, what are you going to, going to go do in New York? I... It my dad at, at for he's always been supportive you know like i like he's just such a fantastic father and and i'm and i'm 
just so lucky that he's my dad, you know, it, and, but he at first was like, what are you doing? It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Like all those things would probably made me want to do it more, you know, at that time. And, uh, and so, um, but then I guess once he saw, you know, like how much everybody in the band wanted it, that, that he like, that's when he started to kind of, to kind of come around. Cause there, um, you know, like, I like think like for us, I think one of the things was that like with Mark and Sean and John and everybody, like it's, everyone wanted it so bad that we were, we do whatever, you know, and, and like you were saying, like a, a lot of that meant, you know, like you don't really like, you just kind of live this nomadic kind of life uh, it, it, for, for, for the majority of your time and, and things like that. And, and you're, but it's um, right when I say that, like my brain starts to branch off and all these different, oh, I should tell this story. Oh, how about this? Story? But yeah, there, it, there's, but no, like my like thing was mainly just, yeah, like it was like most all of my family, like they're like, I think the way that they looked at it was like, okay, he just needs to get this out of the system. He'll be home soon. And then he can get things back on track. And, and, and but it was, um, it was the only thing that I wanted. And like, I kind of like, it's like funny. Cause I remember telling myself when I went up there, I was like, man, I made it out of North Carolina. I'm never going back. And then like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make this work. Cause I, cause it's it, it, like, I just saw it as my only option. And then it's just funny all these years later, like here I am back in North Carolina. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so just not in the same smaller town yeah you know you you came back as an evolved adam so that that's but i think something like that (laughs) i I remember being in my yard i don't know if i ever told that story on the the podcast but i remember being in my yard we must have been like 15 16 and we were like drinking in my parents backyard when they were away or something like that no we weren't we weren't 21 but but hypothetically we were drinking in my backyard and mark was i figured out what i'm gonna do He's like, what? He's like, I want to be a famous drummer in a rock band. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to be a movie star. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. like, like, come on, snap out of it, Mark. And he was literally like, no, 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 this is what I'm doing. It's like, I, there's nothing else I'm good at. Playing the drums is what I'm good at. I'm going to be a rock star. And if you're not going to support me, then you're not going to come hang out at the after parties and meet all the cool people when we're like these big famous people. So like the same thing you're saying of just taking away all the excuses, taking away the plan B and saying like, there is no plan B. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be successful at this under any bumps and bruises and obstacles. I think that's really where you have to put yourself when you go and you do anything, because it's so easy for everybody else to say like, well, you know, it's not going to be you, but how many like Brad Pitts or, or, or rock stars or whoever's were told by people like, it's not you, it's somebody else. And if, if people would have listened to that, we wouldn't have artists and movies and songs and all the things that make life great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. hundred percent you know like because there's there's it's like easy to to kind of um to get sidetracked and then when that kind of advice is coming from most everyone you know it's like kind of hard to to um to not think you're doing something wrong sometimes you know but but that was that uh i'm glad we all stuck stuck through it is it easier having five other people or four other people around you that are going through that same thing to kind of pump each other up? Cause I'm sure there's times that 
one guy's feeling optimistic. And then, you know, cause I, I went out to Florida, I think it was one of your first tours. Like this must've 2001, 2002. And I remember mm. going and you guys were on like a, a tour with, I think victory and you were the opening band. Yeah. You weren't playing for a lot of people. Like people hadn't really heard of you guys yet, but I remember thinking like, you guys are going to be successful because the energy that you put into that show with you swinging the mic and crawling all over things and Mark beating the shit out of his drums and everybody just putting on such a great show didn't change whether it was four people or 40,000 people. And I was like, that's what's going to make them big is they're always bringing the heat. They're bringing their A game every single show, regardless of what <laughs> it is. And, you know, I'm sure they could get discouraging sometimes to go out there and play for those small crowds, knowing that the big crowds are coming. So did you guys help keep each other kind of pumped up and keep your heads in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Like we, I think over the years we've leaned on each other very heavily, you know, like it's like gone from this thing of like, Oh, like we're just these guys that met because we wanted to be in a band to being friends. So then it's just more kind of like this family dynamic now. So whereas like, I can't picture my life without those guys, you know, it, and, and there's a, it's, it's like, I, um, through like the ups and downs too, you know, cause there's like, if you're getting too ahead of yourself, they'll be the first ones to let you know. And then, um, if you, if you need like, uh, like, a like, like some reassurance, you know, or someone to help hold you up, they'll, all, they'll also be the first ones to do that. I actually called Sean just the other day, like, Hey man, I just need to talk with someone who's going to understand what I'm going through right now. <laughs> like, so, so like, yeah, like that hasn't gone away at all, which is real nice. He's so level-headed. I love talking to him. Yeah. This is just even-keeled and and logical with everything he does. It's it's very reassuring. We all, we call him the most reliable member of the band because he <laughs> is. <laughs> so you can like always count on him to like uh to either like know what's going on or have already kind of thought through it. Even at jujitsu, the litmus test is always. Even Matt Sarah was always like, you know, like, the way you know if somebody's a good guy is like if they don't like Sean Cooper, like they're not a good person. Like who doesn't like Sean? <laughs> exactly. Nobody doesn't like that's, Sean. That's amazing. So I, you know, you guys would come up, and I, I loved being part of like that whole thing and watching the trajectory of when you guys would come up to Albany and we would throw parties and watching how yeah. the bigger and bigger and the venue would get bigger and bigger, and we drive out to Boston to go see you guys play at the Palladium and you were doing those huge shows of brand new and just watching people start to sing back the lyrics and the shows just turn into this big thing was such an amazing experience. What is it like looking back on that now and thinking about those shows and, you know, climbing up the ranks to where you guys are today? Cause like now you're like champions, but it's like, you know, fighting your way up those cars and watching the, the fans, like the first time they sing back your own lyrics to you. Like, was there a time where you, we're sitting there on stage and like look back that you can remember and say, holy shit, like we're actually making this, this is actually happening. There's, I remember it was actually a show. There was a place uh, on Long Island. I think, I think it was in Belmore, but it was called Ground Zero. Do you remember that place? Like yeah, just yeah. kind of like a, like, like, like a small little bar. And then they, uh, but we had um, played and it was the first time that anyone sang along but like like it was like the, we had the demos for tell all your friends out and then so we like played and there were all these people we didn't know that were just kind of going crazy and like singing along and I remember 
going back to John's car, like, or uh, yeah, like I was like, we were like loading the equipment into his car and then like sitting down and uh, like in like the passenger seat, he was in the driver's seat and then just kind of looking at each other like, oh my God, dude, like what just happened? And then like, it was kind of like right then that I just remember thinking like, oh, like, like this could work. Like, I really think we're onto something here. And, and, but too, like in those moments, it's kind of like a, like a combination of disbelief and also feeling like you're 10 feet tall, like all at the same time, you know, like there's like, you kind of have to like stop and be like, wait, they were singing like our words, right? Like they, like we just did that and, and then kind of thing. But that was kind of the first time to where it really, uh, really hit me. And then I remember there was, it was on that tour that you were talking about. It was the first time that we had gone to the West Coast and, um, and we played this place in earlier tour or like just right around that time because we were always gone. But it, it was like the first time we went to the West Coast and, um, and it was a place called the Glass House. Uh, in Southern California and the kind of like the same thing happened you know like we like start playing the place erupts and there's everyone knew all the words and and we just could not believe it you know like you just start kind of like you're not walking anymore you're just floating it, it's it's this it's the craziest thing if you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner whether you're beginner intermediate or advanced any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I remember there was all this like craziness going on. We showed up at the Palladium and I was just so impressed that they had, I guess it was like a writer and it was like, yeah, we asked for these things and they just put it like in the, in the green room for us. And I was like, what? Like, booze free booze? Yeah. And then, uh, I remember that everybody was kind of like scattered and, and all these different little things were going on. And then you guys got on stage and I remember the show, like I'll never forget like the crowd and the energy. And I remember all of you just walking back into the dressing room after the show and like everything that had gone on prior, all the problems, all this was like gone. And you guys were all just looking mm -hmm. at each other like, it's all good now. Like, and I, I think like, like that was really cool. <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah, to see like that was uh it, it seems you know it's nice to watch how those shows affect the crowd because like we're sitting there we're watching you guys but we're also watching their faces and i'm watching how it's cool that strangers are like so enamored by the words and the music that you guys play but then to watch the effect that the crowd also has on you guys for healing you and giving back that i think that's something that people don't realize is how what a, a nice um what's the word i'm looking for like a, a, the healing process that it gives you guys as well for almost like therapy uh, for going up there and yeah having it's 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 100 that there 
even with this past year, like I think like that's like really realizing like just how important that's been to me like over over all these years, you know, because there's this kind of cathartic thing because it's this, uh, you know, uh, it's this it's this uh, thing of like something you're going through, whatever, and then you think to yourself, surely. I'm not the only person that feels this way. So then you go out and you look for your people, you know, and then sort of be able to play like that and and then see that uh, it's like, oh my God, I found my people. <laughs> like it's it's this uh, it, cathartic, I like think, like, cause it's just this grand release, you know, and, and, uh, and that's probably why my, OCD and all that has gotten much worse over the past year because I haven't had any kind of outlet like that. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Your um, your your style on stage, I've watched change over the years. From you know, at times it was almost like Jim Morrison ish, and then a little bit more McJagger ish, and then like kind of crazy with, with jumping around on things. Where where do you get your stage influences from, or like how does it evolve over years? Is it just a natural thing, or is there people that initially you you were like, hey, you know, that's kind of how I would like my persona on stage to be. Well, there's, I remember when I first started singing, like I just, um, you know, I didn't have any, like an instrument to hide behind anymore. And then, so I was just kind of like, I like think I leaned heavily on just some of just my favorite guys at that time, like, uh, like at, like at the drive-in still one of my favorite bands. And that was kind of, you know, he's like the pinnacle, like he's my favorite from it. So there there's like, I think I was leaning real, heavy on that and like then it's like um at at like a certain point like I think uh now I don't think about it too much other than in my head of like keep moving don't stop moving and like but there's uh you know like uh, I've just tried and like trying to remind myself to just um let go because there's like I feel that um like that and you know, just from being like an insecure person, you know, it's often hard to just let yourself go and, and be loose and to just get lost, you know, and that's kind of my, um, I guess, goal while playing, because that even, because then, it, like, if I'm able to do that, then I, uh, I, not only is it kind of this grand release that we were just talking about, but I, like, feel that it, um, it like helps to it helps to express the sentiment behind the music you know like when you're just able to just just kind of like you're a kid dancing in front of the mirror to your green day records you know like there's it's like that kind of thing so it's a uh, which isn't always um always the easiest thing to do but it's one of the best feelings like i like feels like flying that's cool man it shows i love your stage presence i I always, I, I've seen you guys, I, I don't even know how many times and I still love it every time. I'm like, man, the the energy, I, I you know, you're always looking at different people. Everybody holds their own on stage and it really comes together for a great live show for anybody who has not seen you guys live. It's one of those things you absolutely have to go see and experience. It's it's a show, it's a real show. And I, I always love, I'm not the slightest bit sick of it at all. I'm just as excited to see you guys next week at Riot Fest as I was the first time I saw you guys. Nice, are you, are you, going to riot fest you oh, go yeah. to chicago I'll be hell there. yeah oh man i'm pumped gonna be cousins good. are gonna be there nice it'll be awesome cool yeah you know you you touched on something that i think is interesting is is the insecurity side of it because 
I think people see a lead singer and they, they're up there, you know, you're on stage looking like you have all of the confidence in the world. And I don't think people below the surface would realize like how much, because artists are sensitive people. Like, you know, you're a songwriter. Obviously there's a lot of emotion that goes into your words and your songs. And I think being able to be sensitive and be insecure, but still like write songs and put yourself out there and put your feelings and your experiences out there, not knowing what you're going to get a return, especially now with social media, when you get people that only go on to like shit on things, even if they they've never done anything in their life, it's it's scary and it does take balls and you are opening yourself up to you know potentially being hurt or or being offended or having your feelings hurt. How do you deal with that? How do you balance that out? Because it's just part of the world now to put out there anything you're going to do great, you're going to have haters. So how do you kind of yeah. drown out that negativity and drown out that fear and that insecurity? Well, um, with with the uh... With social media, I have like a grand hate, love, hate relationship with it because I just think it's like there, there's a, one, there's a lot of this mystery that really drew me to like music and artists in the first place. A lot of that's gone because like there's folks that just are constantly having to like market their person or their brand, or whatever. And uh, but uh, so as far as like that goes, I just, um, I, I just don't read any comments ever because there's been so many times in the past to where like I'd be, I'd be um, reading through the comments like, what did this person say this? And, and like getting so like hurt and like angry by it because people talk real big behind a screen, you know, like all those like social graces are kind of gone and, uh, and there's no context or tone. So um so with that, I just don't ever read any comments, even if it's something that like I'm like in, like interested in. Like I love gear, so like there are things like I'll go on there to check, like uh, or just to see like oh what crazy new pedal is out and like these things. And I don't even read those comments anymore. I just read like okay, here's the people that made it. Here's what they think about it. Now I'm going to gather my own opinion, and I'm not going to post anything about it because it doesn't matter what I think. It, it, so, but. Um, then like dealing with the other or like as far as like playing or like shows or anything like that like I think that there's just kind of this part of myself that I try to turn off like uh like just kind of like um like putting my foot down and saying like okay you're not driving right now like there's a and then so it's like this other kind of side uh, I think or this other something that's inside me gets to like take the wheel and and that feels uh, like it's real empowering, you know, because it's like, you know, if we're playing like an hour and a half, then it's like for that hour and a half, it's like I kind of get to be more of uh, how I would like to envision myself rather than how I actually am, you know. You're a rock star, man. Don't don't hide from uh, that. You definitely that. are. hundred percent. No, right now I'm a handyman and a dad. And uh <laughs> and uh there there's a and then all the time i'm i'm just one of uh one of the most fortunate people that i know clark kent like, man you got that's your clark kent and then when you're on stage you got your superman oh like any other superhero you know true i need like a little curl like a little <laughs> there you go so speaking of that how is those changes affected uh the band dynamic road life uh singing songwriting all those different things for 
the personal changes that you've gone through over the years, like, especially like being a dad, has that played mm-hmm. into just the way you like, like what's the, cause I remember the days where it was like party, party, party. And then one day I remember like we showed up in New York and it was, everybody was kind of changing diapers. And I was like, man, things have really shifted here, but <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not really in a bad way. It's, it's still, <clears throat> it's almost nice probably cause I'm older, just kind of having the cool, calm and collected days in there too. But um, you know, what, what's life and songwriting and touring like now being a dad? It's, it's, it's much more difficult to be gone is like the main thing. There's like, I remember there was a time, you know, like I call Galley or who has, who books us and I'd be like, Hey, look, we don't care if we're home or not. Just keep us, please keep us working. Like we want. And then to, whereas now it's like, I think maybe we need to like go home, <laughs> see our children and family, you know, like, so, um, so yeah, that's kind of the main thing that that has um changed that and then i think too is that like a lot of us are um looking like a little more towards the future than than we had in the past you know like there was this you know like when you're younger it's like i'm invincible i'm never gonna die Ah!" (laughs) you know and then now it's more like like oh i want to be around for a long time so i can watch these little humans grow up (laughs) so so it's there's so we take a little bit better care of ourselves now because of that do your kids realize like who you are and what you do yet there was uh there's with keaton my my oldest son we were on an episode of yo gabba gabba like we were the uh um special music friend guest uh and, and um he was really into that show, you know, it's a kid's show and, and, and uh, there, but it's done by like the, like Christian from the Aquabats and all this thing. But, um, and it was kind of like when he saw that, cause like he grew up going to shows and like being at the studio and all these things. So since he was a baby, so it what like, it was just normal to him. And then, but it was kind of like, once he saw that, there's like, he saw something kind of like click in his head of like, oh wait, I think, my dad doesn't do what other dads do like kind of thing. And then, um, so like now, but he loves going to the shows and it's pretty great. Like there was, he loves Coheed and Cambria and we, uh, we did a tour with them like a few years back. And then, so like Keaton, like rode, rode the bus with us for like a few days and, and like, just like being around everybody and the whole thing, like you can just tell he's just so excited and so pumped to be there pretty awesome that's cool yeah I love, I love watching all the the kids kind of coming like with the, the big earphones on and watching them kind of like yeah the gun right. must. yeah <laughs> <laughs> now it's fun man so you know going through that I know you guys had obviously like any other family or, or relationship over 20 years that there's going to be arguments there's going to be changes and you had some some points with the band that the lineups were changing and guys were in guys were out and it looked like you weren't really sure kind of what direction you were going to go or what the next steps were going to be. What was that like for you personally to go through that? Like, was there ever a point that you were thinking like, crap, like th- this might be the end. I might need to go do something else or I might need to start over again or reinvent myself. There's that happens after every show <laughs> after like every, or like when we're making like any record, you know, like there, like, I don't know. Like I just, like, I'm a, I'm a worrier, Nick. And then, so it's like, 
it's like kind of this thing of like, man, we got to make this the best it can be because this could be it. Like it could, cause it's kind of the truth of it, you know, like it could all be gone like that. It, and then, so, so it's, there's, and then I like think that's why everyone approaches the shows like we do and approaches the records, you know, and like the writing process, like we do, cause it's, cause we all realize, you know, like just how lucky we are to be there. But that feeling was definitely stronger when like we were going through like the lineup changes and things like that. Like there was, there was kind of a part of it that was like a little exciting, you know, like this thing of like, um, man, what's this going to be like, you know, cause you're starting to enter into this kind of uh, uncharted territory. And then there was the other part of like, Oh my God, this is it. I'm going to have to, I don't know, figure out how to do something else. And I don't know how to do anything else. So, I got to get to work. That's why I always think it's so interesting because what you got, the thought process of like every, you're only as good as your last show and what comes next and like the instability, it's extremely similar to, to business and entrepreneurship. I mean, it really is the same thing. So I relate very much to that. I think a lot of people do as well. And I, I think what you guys have done and how you have found ways to reinvent yourself over and over again is a testament to, to how you're able to adapt to that. Because what I see on the business side, like we were talking before about COVID, is it's just another thing to go around. Like people didn't realize that it was going to be like a, a lockdown or a pandemic, but there's always something that comes up that you have to kind of adjust to. And I think over the years for being in music 20 years, you guys have to learn how to personally and professionally constantly adapt and constantly change and whether that's adapting to a new lineup or a new style or or whatever I, I have to feel like that has a lot to do with your success long term is being able to be flexible and pivot when you need to yeah there's that saying that um that uh uh john f kennedy that change is uh the law of life or a law of life and then that's very true you know like there's no there's kind of no uh, avoiding it but then it goes to uh uh also like a bob dylan thing like you change with the times or you sink like a stone <laughs> that one really really stuck with me so so and like again i'm just so lucky because everyone else in the band too like it's like they're all like we're all on the same page when it comes to that and i don't know if everyone is as fortunate to be able to work with a group of people to where everyone's on the level yeah I, I absolutely love your whole band i think the dynamic of, of the personalities you guys have and the way that you're all such polarizing alpha personalities in your own but have yeah. really come into it as a family you know and i hear that over and over again and i can feel and sense the the settling and the appreciation that you have not only for each other but for like the band and the support and just every part of it you know i do hear that constantly from mark and sean about how every show they're just so like appreciative and happy like dude it's it's crazy i i, I think me and sean were talking about this but um henry rollins when he was talking about how like ozzy osbourne every show still is like hey is anybody out there and he's like yeah man it's like sixty thousand people out there it's been sold out for months he's like man every show i think like it's going to be an empty arena and it's and that was like a couple of years ago you know so man, I that's think, like man that's crazy it makes you keep showing up and bringing it you know it's like i said i, th I yeah. think and you show up and you feel that entitlement of like well yeah they're supposed to be here like i've never once heard that from you from mark from sean and like i think people sense that and that's probably back to why from day one when there's four people to forty thousand people you guys are putting on a show for the fans and, and they appreciate it and that's why they keep coming back 
Nick, you're being way too nice to me right now. This is so <laughs> great. This is so great. There, <laughs> there, there's, yeah, I mean, like, we see, like, I like think another thing too is we're like putting the show on just as much for each other as we are for everyone else, you know? So, uh, like I said, you're just saying so uh, such nice stuff that I, yeah, feel kind of like I'm floating right now, Nick. You're really, uh, you're really uh, softening me up here. This is great. <laughs> well, you're not going to like this thing because I'm about to give you one more compliment before we start to go into the final questions here. But I did want to mention because um, my good friend, Mark Cuban, Cubes, he, uh, <laughs> he's talked about how there's going to be a time like 10, 15, 20 years ago from now, whenever it is, that part of the job interviews are going to be, what did you do during the pandemic? What new skill did you learn? How did you evolve? Like, did you sit home and watch Tiger King or did you do something productive with that time? <laughs> and if you don't have something to show for what you did with that, employers or people, whoever it is, whatever the world looks like, they're going to be like, no, that's going to be the measuring stick is how did you better yourself personally or professionally during that time? And I watched you do your solo thing. And I know that you went and you learned how to do the engineering we were talking a little bit about before, but I've watched so many bands do the at-home thing from like face-to-face -to, -face to, to Foo Fighters, H2O in the bedroom and all that stuff. And I said it earlier and I meant it that I think sound-wise and all those things that came together, yours was, was hands down one of the best ones. I mean, the production, the sound, the songs, you sounded great, but it's not easy to have something oh, streamed you. online and, and have it sound the quality that you did. And I remember I, I mentioned it to Mark and Sean and they both said, man, he worked so hard on that. He put so much time into learning how to do that. And I, I felt it really showed. So I wanted to say great job, but what other stuff are you doing? Cause I know you said you're learning how to be like Tim, the tool man, Taylor, and then you're oh, yeah. engineering. So <laughs> you're, you're living exactly that. Like when you look back on the pandemic and the time you had home, what are some of the skills and things you did to better yourself personally and professionally during that time? Um, well, there, there was, uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So I do think that there was a lot of time that I wasted on like social media or like following the news or like all that. So, but with that said, I um I learned like a couple different um just to, before I streamed that show, I had this setup to where I could just do everything on my own, and I was like doing stuff with my feet to change camera angles and like all this stuff. So I kind of learned a lot about that world. There's this, uh, that OBS program, like kind of like figured all that out. And, and then, which, but then when it came down to it by that time, um, that like things were looking up with the pandemic. So my buddy Seamus actually came by and filmed it for me, but uh, there's, I've learned, um, I like put a lot of time into just like, getting more familiar with different uh like gear like for engineering and and things like that and and i like do think that now like i was just helping this band in the studio over the over the weekend and there were things that to where i was just doing instinctually that had i not um spent the time or even like really had the time kind of during the quarantine and the pandemic whatever to really focus on that I just wouldn't have um, known how to do so I like think that if anything that's the main thing that um, that kind of came from it was that like it was a bit like I spent a lot of that time learning I learned probably way too much about guitar pedals and developed a problem with those and then uh, there's but just even down to like like uh, like like guitars and 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 why exactly they're they 
react the way they do and like and and like certain uh just different gear and microphones and nerdy stuff like that that i could go on and on and on about but there was a so i think during the pandemic that's what i but now like looking back with the hindsight is 2020 thing like i'm like thinking like oh my god i should have done so much more why don't i have a record rate why don't this why not that but but there's uh and there's times where i think i get pretty hard on myself about that but now like saying this and then thinking back to the time in the studio it's like well I really did like I guess I just didn't realize how much I was absorbing because I like doing it so much you know you were sharpening the axe man I think that's exactly what you should have been doing so yeah how about you what did you do Man, I learned how to restructure my entire business. So I had to, I had to oh, wow. reinvent, reinvent everything. So we learned all new ways to find properties and all new ways to analyze, deal, analyze deals. And I, I learned how to be a better leader and hire people different and put people in place to delegate stuff out. And I put a whole new CRM together that I never learned before. And I dug on a different marketing and I learned how to do a podcast and be better at that and network better. And uh, I think I grew six inches, maybe. Six inches, nice. Definitely, uh, nice. I put on weight and then I lost weight and then I put on weight and then I lost weight. <laughs> I eat a lot, so um, yeah. yeah, I did a lot of um, I did a lot of learning and I did a lot of testing things out. Some of them worked, some didn't work, but just stuff that I think over the next there's gonna be a next thing. You know, there was like the last crash and then there was this thing that people didn't really know what was gonna happen. So I took like six months and instead of just jumping in it and doing things, I really tried to figure out like what was the cause and effect of different things that were happening and who was really making sense. And those things were checking out and who wasn't. So the next time something happens, like it was a lot of backtracking. Like we were talking earlier about being on the road. I don't yeah. know how I was able to sustain a business being away as much as I was, because there was so many things that I started and didn't finish. So being in one spot for a long time allowed me to really face a lot of the things that I was probably sweeping under the rug or putting off or not seeing through. So it really sure. helped me to rebuild my foundation, which sucked at the time, but I think long-term was 100% necessary for survival. Isn't that always the craziest thing? How like, it's not until afterwards where you can look back and think, man, I was so worried and that was not awesome but then look how much i accomplished i'm like look look what i can do now you know like it's it's just there's a it's funny how how much of life can not feel so awesome when it's happening but then you look back and realize just how great it really was yeah i think that that's a that, that should be a, a meme right there man that was a beautiful quote it's oh well you're, hey. You're very good with words. I don't know if anybody's told you that as a songwriter. Only, <laughs> only, only in the afternoons no, that for was a good. very brief period of time. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. But uh, but you've been very great with your time, man. You got like another like 10 minutes just for me to hit you with a couple of yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah. being that you've played all over the world, I have not gone all over the world, but I've been all over the country and I've been blown away by some of the places that I expected to be awesome and weren't. And some of the places that I was like, this is the weekend that... I'm just going to catch up on sleep. And I wound up having the most amazing time and like having my spots that I couldn't wait to go back to. So from you being everywhere, what's like a couple of the spots that surprised you as just amazing spots that you maybe had a lower expectation than the people or the food or the culture or the shows. They're like one of your top spots now. Um, I had a hard time with Germany for a real long time. And then I just think it was because I was really intimidated because of the language barrier. 
Um, but because now when we go there, it is just it's beautiful and it's uh, and the and it's just like the people are will be very straightforward with you. And it's and it's a, a great place to go. And and then so that was kind of a place to where at first I was I was uh, not always really excited to go. But now, like now, I can't wait to go back. But then, but as far as like here, man, like there was a, um, like a play like North Dakota. Now we haven't been there a whole lot, but there was, um, I've never seen like a bigger sky. And then, uh, so it's one of those things, you know, like um, it just wasn't a place I ever really thought about much, but um but now I always look forward to going there because once that sun goes down, it's like, as far as you can see, you know, like the, like you can see all these constellations, stars are touching the ground, it's bonkers. So that's one of my favorite things. And then New York City, man, that's like the center of the universe. I, it, like every time I'm there, we were just there. Uh, my buddy got married in Huntington and we flew in the day before to spend a day in the city. And just every time I'm there, I'm like, it, there's just something that happens it, like inside of me, you know, like something about the vibrations of that city. I don't know. Like there, but um, <laughs> they, they, uh, so those are some of my favorite places. I don't know if that answered your question now yeah. that I've said all those words. No, that absolutely answered my question. My, my Kansas city was the first thing that surprised me like that, that I was like, this place is freaking awesome. Yeah. That could be, and it's you know people know about it now. But no, I love that man. Um, as far as opening acts, what are some uh, a couple maybe bucket list people that you've always wanted to have on the road as a supporting act? Um, supporting act. Wow, I don't know. It's funny because the question we normally get asked is, "What band would you like to tour with?" To which I say, "Foo Fighters." Every time, <laughs> and it and um, there's a uh, yeah, but opening act. I don't. I don't really know. I would have to think about that more because I'm really hard or I'm I have a hard time gauging like who because in my mind like we're just the opening band always so like I don't know <laughs> like I don't know like what band like I don't know where everybody stands you know to be like an opening thing but not too long ago we did well like before the pandemic and all that we 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 the last run we did Red City Radio was opening and they're just a blast. They're so much fun to tour with and they're such sweet guys. And uh, there was, we had a lot of fun with them. So I'd like to tour with them again, if that's possible. Oh, awesome. Um, it's funny because of all the, you know, I met a lot of people coming up when they were just opening bands for you guys, like my comical romance. And then they turned into like yeah. this huge. So it was cool to see like, oh yeah. Like I remember I was there with these, but now they're this huge thing. So, um, but of all the people that I've come across from just being at shows with you guys, I remember we were in, might've been Jersey or DC, but we were on stage and you guys had just come off. And then me, Mark, Sean, and the singer from Offspring were just like standing on stage. <laughs> and you like, hey. Hey, Dexter. Yeah, he's he a bigger guy than I didn't realize how big he was. He's a big dude. Yeah. But, the, uh, but then Dave Grohl and just comes on stage and gets ready to play. Like, and they get like a van and they come on and he's just holding his beer. And I was like, holy crap, it's the drummer for Nirvana. Like, that was by far like the biggest name that I've ever been like, whoa, like, dude, freaking, you guys kind of just opened for Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl was right here and we're just going to stand. Like, that was awesome. Like, I think Bob Dylan played, it was like a festival or something. But that, oh, that, yeah, that was, uh, 
um, uh, the Virgin Fest in Baltimore. Oh, yes, yes, it was Baltimore. Yeah. Make a call. Yeah, because Kanye also played that. I wow. remember because we missed the Foo Fighters, but we, but, but we saw, um, yeah, we saw like Bob Dylan, Kanye West, and uh, she and him. And then, like, it was a crazy lineup. But nice. fun time. Cool. So, as far as people just across the world, you've been all over the world, played all kinds of amazing places, met all kinds of amazing people. Is there anything that you've taken away from just the experience of meeting people across the entire world that, sits with you as far as something you've just learned about life and people from that? Wow, that's a big question. Um, one of the biggest things over the years is realizing that people are just people. I think that, um, or like, I don't know if, if it was like just me or like if it's, but like growing up, it's once we started traveling to all these different places like I don't know what I expected but it was just kind of this thing of like man like uh like there's so many differences like in like the like the places we live and and and, or like the countries we live in that surely we're going to be like polar opposites and these completely different um just kind of humans but then like when it really comes down to it you know everybody's just a human trying to do their best, you know, and that was kind of one of my, that's one of probably the, my favorite things that I've figured out, kind of figured out. Cause then I think too, like it makes, um, it just makes going through just even day-to-day things so much easier. And then when you're traveling, like it helped or like it's helped me to like be a lot more just open to whatever that place has to offer, you know, uh, Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585. 0585 for your free online drum lesson. I think that's cool. I agree a thousand percent. I think one of the the nice parts about the internet, as much as there's just a lot of a lot of bad to it, there was a time not too long ago where people would think of Indiana or Kansas City or North Dakota. And if you're from like New York or Chicago or or, or LA, you think that those places are just like fields. And then you realize now that they're exposed and people are like live streaming from there, like, oh no, that is a cool city. And they do have a good downtown and nice restaurants and the people do the same things there that they do here. And I think it's really connected the country. And you can see that by the way that people that yeah. major cities all over the country and are now like, oh yeah, I'll move in the Carolinas, I'll move here, I'll move there. And I feel like that that's starting to happen globally. That prior, you're only seeing what you see on the news and you think like, oh, all these people are doing is like whatever crazy thing they're showing on TV. And you're realizing like it's, it's not all that different. And at the core of it, people are the same and they are good people. And they, they do just like you said, I think 
it's endearing knowing that most people are just trying to do their best every day. And, and all those other things are really extreme caricatures of, of where it's really at around the world. And I think that that'll slowly bring people together, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Nice. So a couple, couple of final things here. Is there any songs right. that stick out that mean the most to you? Like out of, out of, of that, you songs. that you oh, wrote? Um, yes, but I feel like it could be any song and it just, and I say that because it really just depends on uh, like the mood or the, or like the day I had or like what's going on, like in that moment, you know, like, cause we have these shows coming up. So there's like a few songs that, um, that have like gone back just to listen to again, like, okay, let's make sure that I remember how to do this. And, and um, you know, like, so then like, listening to those will lead me to like, oh, like I haven't listened to the second half of this record in like how, like however many years. So, and then like, I'll sit down and then just kind of like, it's almost like a going through like, kind of like going back to like, go through like an old yearbook or like an old photo album. Like, you know, it's where you'll be like, man, like look at the person I was then, you know? And then, so they all have like a real special place there. I mean, both because of, sometimes it's a, this well no it's just always this thing of like man I can't believe that uh, I was able to do this and like be a part of this this is amazing and then it'll go down to the next layer of it to like man that's really what I thought about that at that time I think differently now we're like kind of same thing so it's anyways it's like hard to pick just one I understand that. that. That's a valid answer, which will lead me to my next thing, which this could be mm -hmm. really cool, or I might have to edit this if it sucks, but I'm going to tell you a name <laughs> of a Taking okay. Back Sunday album, and I want okay. you to just give me what comes to mind as far as an emotion, an experience, or a memory from that time period, and we'll start with Tell All Your Friends. Okay, that, well, with Tell All Your Friends, I mean, that was, like, the very first thing that comes to mind is we had this green 15 passenger van that like once we signed the deal because everybody like because we uh like um like our lawyer friend dave stein was like do not sign this guy. yeah dude he's the he's the best it was actually him like he approached us after or like me after a show that he just happened to be at on long on long island and gave me his card and then a couple months later we called him because we're like oh man like we really need a lawyer and he's the best so but <laughs> we we um yeah, but they were like, do not sign this thing. So anyways, we did because, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, um, and, and through that, we got this like uh, green 15 passenger van, you know, and that's what we would tour in for years there. And, uh, and I just think of that van and just kind of the adventures we had in that thing, because we drove it, you know, all around the country countless times. So that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Is that the infamous van that Mark was smoked out in the back of? uh no the uh the uh i think i was more like and it wasn't even um mark that i was thinking about during that song but there was a no like when we first started touring we had a white ford windstar like a soccer mom band and um so we would all shove into there with all our gear you know and ride around with that but that was the one that we were smoked out in but not that um but I do remember there were some times to where, because uh, for a while we were parking the van at uh, John's parents' house. And I remember there were a few nights we just kind of 
had our little parties like just in that band really in their yard which isn't all that cool looking back but it's a real fun time nice awesome so same question louder now what comes to mind louder now i think of uh, eric valentine and barefoot studios that like that was it was unbelievable that whole thing from like talking to well from like writing the record and then to like talking to the different labels and like uh like meeting the like different producers you know these were all like a-list people and like there were days you know like we would get back to like the hotel or whatever and I just remember thinking like whose life is this this is <laughs> insanity and it but um we got to work with him and then and then at that studio space you know that was like like a huge, uh, huge milestone in my life. Awesome, man. Where you want to be? Where you want to be? I think of there was a studio we were at in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I had a black 98 Honda Civic, a two door. And um, there was I uh, I would I would drive from uh, I was living in Vincenthurst and I would drive from Vincenthurst um, and then like take the tunnel there. And there was a studio and then next door, there was an apartment, like an upstairs apartment. And, um, and I just remember I would like make the drive and then remember how much I hated that drive. So I just ended <laughs> up staying at the studio, just like, well, I could just stay here. I don't want to have to drive back and forth. So I just remember staying there a lot. And then, uh, uh, um, and there was a guy that lived downstairs that was just um, a real character like couldn't be more of what you would imagine like an older like new york hardcore guy to to be and uh and and he had these dogs and it was so anyways i just think about that time there because that was uh that was also pretty great i'm just the <laughs> luckiest guy i know <laughs> it's crazy self-titled self-titled record that one first thing that comes to my well again like getting to work with Eric Valentine. That was awesome too, because at that time, you know, I hadn't really talked with John and Sean for, for a long time. So even around that time, like um, just getting to know them again and writing together again. Like I think one of the first times when we were writing for that record, we went to this place called the Sonic Ranch, which is, which is right outside of El Paso, Texas on a pecan farm. That's like on the border of Mexico and Texas. And it was uh, just so awesome. And just another one of those things of like, I can't believe, like you look around like, who, whose life is this? This is insane. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? That's awesome. awesome. New again. New again. That makes me think of, there was, we, we rented an, an, an apartment in, uh, Brooklyn and we had a rehearsal space there and then so I just like that was two and I was because at that point I had moved to Texas so I was kind of like going back and forth from Texas to New York and that's around the time that um that I met my wife and that uh it, so so I think about no when we went to the city we went over to uh um you know the high line it's it's sure. over yeah so like you live right there oh okay so the uh the um wait you live right there now no i used you talking about the high line in the city right 
Yeah. Yeah, I used to live right there on 37th and 10th. Oh, dope. Well, so like we went to go walk on it and uh, kind of um, when it gets kind of towards the end of it, uh, like going south, there's uh, like the Dave Kahn, who was the producer for that, for New Again, had, um, he had like a production studio, like right down there. And, uh, and, and I spent a lot of days just, just kind of bumming around that area. So like, I think of, like kind of like I think of that little area of Brooklyn and then like that little area of Manhattan. Nice. That's cool. Tidal wave. Tidal wave. There was the first thing that comes to mind is the cover of the record. Cause that's my son, Asa Joe. And we were, um, excuse Bless me, you. my, my uh, wife, Misha took that photo. We were, um, she wanted to drive uh, over the keys down in South Florida which at the time I thought was crazy. I was like, man, I don't want to do that. And then, um, but we, so we flew into Orlando and we rented a car and we drove from Orlando down to Key West and like over the key, it's, it's this amazing drive. And that was, she took that photo. We had pulled over on the side of the road just to get out and like let the kids stretch their legs. And she snapped that photo. Asa was just throwing rocks in the ocean. And, uh, and it ended up being the cover of the record. That's the first thing that comes to mind. That's cool, man. Happiness is. Happiness is. There was, um, here, I don't know if I've told anybody this, but so my buddy Will Puckett, so like John and I, John was living in Charlotte for a while and we just lived right down the street from one another. And we had this buddy, Will. And Will had, um, he's an artist and I think he had done like some kind of mural for somebody or a painting and they paid him in like this giant record collection, which I don't really know, like looking back in hindsight, I don't know if that's really a good form of payment because I think these people are just looking to get rid of the records anyways. So anyways, we're over at his house and we're like going through all these old records and there's this uh, 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 Roy Conniff, like this old country singer, you know, like country crooner. Um, and he had this record called Happiness is Roy Conniff. And then, uh, so, um, so that's, uh, and then I remember kind of looking at John and John looking at me and we're like, did we just find the title for the new record? And then, so that's where we got the idea for that. That's cool. And, and obviously, finally, 20. What was it like with that whole, you know, realizing that it's been 20 years of success? That was in, that was the craziest thing was the real, was the realization to, of that it had been that long. And then, cause it's like, it, you know, like it doesn't feel like it's been that long. And then, but it's crazy how that time flies. And then just, so like there was there was a lot of reflection that that came with that that was that was very nice you know that's incredible man so what's what's next for you how do people find you what's going on next for taking back Sunday? i know this will be coming out this week riot fest is coming up yeah yeah just announced a tour with alkaline trio talk taking back sunday talk adam lazara plug away well so um we yeah like we have a run of shows next week with thursday and uh and um, and then after that, we have some shows in October with Jimmy World there on the West Coast. And then um, next year, we'll be going to the UK with Alkaline Trio. And then other than that, with Taking Back Sunday, we're just working on new music. We were just in the studio the other week and uh, everything's coming along so well. I'm so pumped. And so that's mainly what we're focusing on right now is just uh, newer material. And then to see if we remember how to play rock and roll shows because it's been so long. 
Well, that's awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys at Riot Fest next week and uh, catching up with all you guys. This has been awesome, man. I'm, it's really good to reconnect with you. Uh, any final thoughts for Billy Joel if he's listening? Um, well, Billy, you're always welcome at the house anytime you'd like to come over. And I would just like you to know that. That's very kind of you. You guys became good friends, I noticed, on that uh, Long Island production. Well, like, he, uh, he, he introduced his daughter to us and, and said uh said uh, see honey these are some real rock and roll guys and we just took that as the biggest compliment <laughs> so yeah so thanks Billy Joel for that and then we we we've actually been talking about how that needs to be a shirt it just says taking back sunday real rock and roll guys and then, I love that with a picture of Billy Joel so <laughs> we just have to get that cleared you can't go wrong. Well, there's no better note to end on than a Billy Joel story. So I appreciate it, man. Any final thoughts before I let you go? No, Nick, I would just like to say thank you for having me and for taking the time. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and that this podcast episode is wildly successful. I don't see how it couldn't be. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> awesome. And I thought you uh, you dropped a lot of really great influence and great stories. And I appreciate you, Mark Shaw, and your band and all the stuff you guys are doing. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your time today. Thank you very much, Adam Zara, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Nick. You're so